welcome back to another episode of the Unrecruited Podcast. You got Jason and Chris tonight. Vance got the night off. Uh, we are post-inauguration, and so uh, we're going to focus a little bit today on what we think the new administration will mean to certain areas that we touch about on this podcast um, and try to stay out of the the left and the right, the red and the blue, but more about what we think is actually going to happen and how does that impact us. So, um, you know, first things first, Chris, I, I, I'm still chuckling at a lot of this stuff, but all those Bernie Sanders memes from the inauguration uh, are cracking me up. And the more that uh, that we get away from that, there's still good ones coming out. Uh, was there a favorite that you saw come across? Oh, just, yeah, he's got, got to hit the post office after, after the inauguration. So, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I guess we're spoiled out here on the West coast and not used to repurposing grandma's sweater for your mittens, <laughs> but you know, I just, I would never had to deal with it. So maybe, you know, when times are, when times are cold, you gotta make do with what you got, I think. Yeah. But then, you know, they, they put him out on his little chair at Dodger Stadium and they put him in some of the Game of Thrones and he's sitting <laughs> on the bench next to Forrest Gump. Um, you know, th- there was definitely some good ones. And so uh, it, it's been good. And even my wife today on her uh, her initial lesson plan for her high school students through the little Bernie chair next to her her lesson board for their, their Zoom meeting. So that's uh, fun. I'm glad to see people are having fun with it. Um, based off of kind of what the last couple of weeks have been, people are starting to, to loosen up a little bit or at least have fun with this stuff. So, um, but now that we got this new inaug- inauguration and the new administration in, um, you know, some of the stuff that we kind of talk about and, and I'll go straight to it is the gambling, the cannabis stocks, um, I think this administration is going to be good for those areas and we can kind of touch on them. Um, and then, you know, I think the tax rates are going to go up and that's going to kind of change how people handle a lot of their day-to-day stuff. And then I know stimulus money and people are excited for that and you might get paid to take the vaccine and what is that going to do? It's pumping money back into the market. And, you know, people haven't been afraid to spend their stimulus checks on stupid shit. It's not like it's going to their living expenses. It's, it's gambling. It's whatever it is. So, um, what do, what do you, you think? This, uh, you make uh, this sound like a, de- a de- degenerate podcast. <laughs> That's um, what it is. I mean, shit. Okay. Okay. I, I don't well, know too much about stimulus checks, but those that I did, you know, they're, they're still working. They're still okay. I think it was more of just a filing matter, you know, for 19 or 18 or whatever year it, it, it impacted. And so like, all right, cool. I got an extra two grand. What am I going to do with it? Well, our attorney advised us to leave Vance out, out of this podcast <laughs> for purposes of, uh, you know, having a, having a nice podcast. So, he, you know, he can weigh in on later on, but, uh, no, it'll be, it'll be interesting, right? Like everybody wants to know what direction it's going to go. I think my, my opinions are more of, um, wanting to see pro business and, you know, who knows where, where we're going to go with that. Um, but you know, those are, those are options that, you know, I want to go out there. I want to earn a living. I want to make, um, you know, put my efforts into something that I'm going to benefit from. Right. Right. Um, but outside of that, a lot of policies that are coming in are maybe favorable for, you know, we, we talked before, you're a big uh, cannabis stockholder and uh, I'm not, but obviously that's been really good for, for you. 
Yeah. Although I, I, although I, I would be on the opinion of let's let's legalize cannabis. They can let's take money from the cannabis uh, buyers rather than you know from my taxes. But um, you know, alongside that, gambling, New York, I think is approving draft or gambling. DraftKings is in a good position there. Obviously, we love DraftKings, and then I think also Michigan. Yeah, and even other, uh, like, like, wasn't it Washington D.C. for this season? They're going to have DraftKings in in uh, in the baseball stadium. Yeah, something like that. And then I also saw uh, Fubo TV yeah. um, is going to have like integrated gambling on the, their sports TV platforms. Which I have some, I you know, if we're talking purely stocks, I have my questions about Fubo and their. Uh, qualifications to be a good stock but uh, yeah i am a big proponent of roku and i actually don't think that they're going to fit in with the roku platform because i read a few things about roku's gambling qualifications is like a you're out so that's kind of interesting but it is interesting for someone like fubo who could integrate that if they can get that integrated and it works but if you really think about that is the future of say gambling or um ad advertising really but i'm i'm putting gambling but then it goes, about goes it, but you're gonna, who goes to a casino yeah. right where are you going to gamble right we're going to watch but you're going to watch tv right and you're going to be able to click a button and buy something yeah. and I, I bring up the gambling as an aspect of like you watch fubo you're going to be watching this sporting event and you're going to be able to live bet to bet to bet if the guy's going to strike out or not you know so yeah it's live betting but it's integrated yeah it's a, it's all there so i think that will be super interesting yeah you know as far as might take a little longer but it's it's gonna be there for sure it's i mean it's it's almost there but it's also the same thing like yeah there's gonna be that but also like in these stadiums you could sit at your seat and literally live bet the game as it's playing too and and that's well i've already i've already seen that i played in uh, mexico in the dominican Republic. that's a normal thing (laughs) that and if there's a usually there's like you know it's like it's like i'd compare those um baseball games to a hockey game there's one fight a game, except for the fights in the stands. In the stands, right? Not, the yeah, not on, not on the field. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it's a fascinating one, but I think it's it's definitely heading in the right direction. You know, there's it's, gambling is behind cannabis. Cannabis at this point is leading the charge. Gambling is a little bit behind it. Um, I think for both industries, something to kind of look forward to is the safe banking act and how and how and when that gets passed um and that basically allows a cannabis company to actually have a bank account or have a bookie actually have a bank account and kind of get some of these businesses above the table above board um so that they can have a bank account and actually track money the way that all of us track money and uh and then also you know taxing that and so a lot of opportunities um but it's just a matter of kind of figuring it out, um, you know, and on the cannabis side, Biden is kind of indifferent. He leans a little bit more pro, but Kamala is very heavy pro and she's been to cannabis uh, seminars. She's pro putting drug dealers in jail? Yes, that too. Oh. Um, but she's, you know, she's pro this cannabis movement. And so. When did that change? I just, you know, <laughs> I yeah, I wasn't time, sure. You, 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 you guys told me that the the cannabis was the uh, a strong uh, play off of a Democratic win, and you know I, I wasn't disputing that, but right. I just uh, you know as far as her being the 
the VP, I just, it's hard to understand how that just transferred really quickly. Yeah. But I think, you know, it's, it's one of those things where she's going to push and, and, you know, I think Joe will, Joe Biden will, uh, you know, kind of side with it and roll with it. So we'll see how that goes. Um, so I think it's something to keep our eyes on, but also in the same way, when we started talking about cannabis pre-election, it was a whole different number than it is today. And some of these stocks are, are through the roof and continue to go up. Uh, yeah. And I, I never understood why they were preventing the, the cannabis from being legal. I mean, in my opinion, don't you want to track it and regulate it and have the banks open to or let the banks have those accounts open so that way you can you can track right. and regulate it and then yeah. you can tax it right yeah so why not run it like a normal business and then put some regulations on there if you want um i mean on the gambling side i don't know if you saw what new york is potentially trying to do which is like almost like circumvent the federal government um they're trying to put in like make it like part of the lottery system and then I don't know quite how it got to this point, but they're making part of the lottery system, which is governed by the state of New York. So then the state of New York would also claim taxes out before the Fed. And what they were doing was proposing to raise the raise the bid. So like instead of a minus one ten, minus one ten for you know the the Bucks and the um, the Chiefs. No, the uh, I wanted, whatever. Pick two teams. Let's talk football, <laughs> but. Um, uh, yeah, minus one ten, minus one ten. Yeah, you know, it was it would be minus one eighteen, minus one eighteen. So, like, you know, really, if you if you think about that, you're just going to hurt the consumer, right? Because you're just raising the spread, and it, it's hard enough to pick winners, right? Less so than it's hard enough to, to be that. Yeah, so it's hard enough to be fifty percent pick fifty percent winners, and then if you add that, you're supposed theoretically you have, you have to pick fifty four, fifty five percent winners to be profitable if you're gambling right uh long term but if you if you go to 118 now you have to be like 56 57 percent it's a big pro- like points. correct winners yeah and that that's a big difference right so you you, you know you gotta be right 60 percent of the time which that's not really like it's not a viable winner so new york would just be basically taking money from the people and putting it into new york's bank account yeah through through the big that's interesting. Yeah. I think if it, you put that where you have to, you have to win 60% of your bets. It's a big number. It's a really big number. It um, is, but people are going to look at, they're not looking at the 118. Like, Oh, why would I bet 118? I can go over here and get 110. They're kind of like, Oh, I just, I think the chiefs are going to win today. I'll just bet yeah, the chiefs. Whatever. Like this is where I bet. It is on, a, it is. on one bet. It's only a couple bucks, right? Yeah. Potentially. Right. But you, I mean, you got to pay attention to that stuff and, and, you know, it, it, I, it'll be interesting, like, even when the live betting comes out, how favorable that'll be or unfavorable it'll be in person versus at home and what the difference is going to be. Um, you know, we see it a little bit with some of these online things. Uh, the, the, like, the DraftKings odds, like, follow some of those where they're, where they're doing the, um, the yardage or the first touchdown score or something. And those odds are astronomical. I don't know how they pay them out where it's like a $1 bet turns into a $20,000 payday. And I know that there's 14 legs of this parlay, but just like if you were to do a 14 team NFL parlay, if you walk into Caesars and place it, you're not getting that type of odds. 
even if you put them all money line, like you're not getting there. So it's an interesting mix to kind of how they're, they're coming up with, with their, their odds and how they're paying them out. Yeah. I mean, maybe they're kind of bumping the numbers a little bit and saying, Hey, we think we have better odds if we do that. I, you right. know, I don't know. Well, like, I think you remember like going to like the sports book in Vegas and it's like, all right, a three team parlay is going to pay you six to one, a 14 parlay is going to pay you 12 to one. And there was like set numbers. If you just took the, the pick them, the spread, right. As opposed to right. the money line. Um, and, and so like i don't know it's just it's crazy and i have seen somewhere it's only like a three or a four leg and they're getting crazy crazy value and crazy return on it so um I, i'm sure there's a science to it you just have to you know unfortunately in california we don't get to play our well, and really look at it i'll tell you this they're they're not losing money on the long term they might lose on on one play but over long term that says it well, right. And for and how many tickets I see that are cashing, yeah. there's that many that aren't cashing, probably from that same person too. So it's like the lot it's like the lottery. The lottery, you know, people are getting millions of dollars for winning, right? But the lottery is never negative. Yeah. Well, it's true. It's it, it's yeah. It it'll be interesting. It, you know, I'm <laughs> curious. I know they all have their play responsible and all that kind of stuff. But I don't know how far that can go. And I think, you know, you look at it from so many different perspectives, but, you know, like the glitches in Robinhood or even betting on crypto or investing in crypto, all these things, there is inherent risk and your money can disappear tomorrow. Um, but I, like, is, that like, I is that like crypto the last two days? <laughs> yeah. Could watch, watch Bitcoin go from 40 to 30 in a heartbeat. Um, but yeah, it, I don't know. It's it, it'll be interesting to kind of see how this unfolds and and does it bring the younger generation because I think that's who they're going to target. Does it put these kids further into debt? Right, they're they're coming out with college debt. <laughs> they're going to get a job and then they're going to start no, charging. If you got if you got college debt of one hundred fifty thousand, right now you got $150,000 more that you can spend on gambling or whatever else. Cause you, you, that just got forgiven. Right. You know, so you're, you're rich now, you know, basically if you, if you had debt, you know, in a sense. Um, so, I mean, back, you know, welcome to 2021, I guess circling back to all the, the stocks and the financials, all the stimulus stuff is just going to promote growth in a sense of, uh, you know, of the monetary policy. Yeah. And then, you know, maybe we call it modern monetary theory. I know we're talking about doing a podcast on strictly modern monetary theory, um, which is need just, more, more homework on that. Yeah. You need some homework, but I think the gist of it is just pumping money into the economy, printing money, putting it in, yeah. which, you know, not and saying, Hey, the value of the dollar is not going to go down. And if we, you know, that also includes forgiving debt, because you're just you're not printing it, but it's just not going anybody. There's no transfer of, of money. So yeah. all that stimulus, and you know, there's fourteen hundred dollars going out. Then there's going to be UBI, universal basic income, at some point potentially. And the question is like, well, where does it, where does it all go? Right now, now more people have more money. There's more money in circulation, and I think you're seeing the stock market really take off because you know, what else is there to, to put your money in right now? Yeah. Well, and the other thing too, right? Like we, we talked about, I think a week or two ago on our text, 
was uh, increasing the, the federal minimum wage, right? So right around 15 bucks. Well, here in LA, minimum wage is already past $15. So now if you're going to give middle America a $15 minimum wage, what is that going to do for them? It's going to increase their standard of living. It's going to drive people out because they can no longer afford. It's the same stuff that we see in California happening right now where the standard of living is crazy. And, and uh, you know, especially in Northern California, the Bay Area, people are just getting out of the Bay Area because unless you're a Silicon Valley you know, investor or you, you know, you got tons of money coming in, you can't even live within the, the confines of your city that you work in. Um, right, and that, that's what's pretty crazy about the, you know, the LA Times wrote an article that said, um, you know, make make america california again and it's like it's just so out of touch with what what californians are really dealing with yeah um you know on how many people we know that are moving out of state that are you know it's say hey i can't afford it anymore hey it's so much cheaper out of state i can i can live a better quality of life because my my expenses are not so high yeah and it's like that's so out of touch because like you said raise the minimum wage sure okay someone in middle america is making 15 an hour well, what do you think the cost of the burger is going to be? Right. And what do you think the cost of stuff in the supermarket and the cost of housing? Like, where is that going to go? Yeah, like if you made a hundred grand here today, it's not going to be the same as making a hundred grand in Kansas, right? Like, there's going to be a difference, but over time, it's going to catch up, and then your hundred grand here is no good, and you're going to need to make hundred and fifty or whatever to kind of equal it out. Um, and, you know, I think that's that's going to be a real challenge. But I think also this pandemic has kind of told people you don't need to live by your office anymore, right? You can move because of this, you know, working from home, you know, and, and being able to take meetings and all that kind of stuff from anywhere in the world pretty much. And so it's like we have, uh, you know, friends of, of my daughter, their families have picked up and left to Idaho. And they're like, yeah, we'll come back, you know, but their jobs are not impacted by what's going on right now. So they're like, all right, we'll go to Idaho. We'll live, you know, in some nice place and have a, you know, a cheaper standard of living. But they're expecting that their revenues from Los Angeles are going to translate to their, their standard of living in Idaho. And I don't know how, how far that goes or how long that goes, because there's going to come a point where you know, the supply and the demand meet and things are going to flip. And then you're stuck in Idaho, can't move back to California because you're living on an Idaho salary. And, and so it'll be interesting to kind of see well, how maybe if you're, I mean, if you're living on an Idaho salary, but like I, I met this week with a attorney in a California attorney and um, they're living in Oklahoma, moved to Oklahoma. And, you know, she said, Hey, I just, uh, I just moved to Oklahoma. I'm still obviously running my business, my own practice from California, and it's still very busy, but I do all my meetings on Zoom anyway. So right. I'm in Oklahoma and I can come back anytime and I'll be here. But, you know, for what I got, my, you know, my mortgage on the house I just bought is Nothing. half of what, half <laughs> of what I was paying to live by the beach in Orange County yeah. on a rent. And I'm making the same income. Right. To, right. You know, I mean, that's a, like a, you know, obviously you have a California license here at the, the bar. I mean, that's, right. I was like, well, you know, hey, I mean, that's the type of business you could do remotely. It obviously comes down to that. But so that's like, it, yeah, like you said, it depends. 
you know, one thing in my business about being in real estate is, you know, I, I see people move and then they get on that budget, the out of state budget, then you can't come back. I mean, if you're still living on the making the California money, the California income, and then living on the Oklahoma budget, that's, that's obviously long term more beneficial for you. But right. it's not everybody can do that. A lot of people are moving, making the Texas, living in Texas, paying the, the Texas expenses and making the Texas income. Then yeah. good luck coming back to California. Right. Yeah, it's a, it, it's a tricky one. And, you know, I think for my, you know, my line of work, probably the two areas, and, and there's probably a third that's up and coming, but it's LA, New York and Nashville. Nashville's that kind of third up and coming, um, but Nashville's booming. Like, you know, five years ago, okay, yeah, it would have been easy to pack up and move to Nashville and live a nice life. But now Nashville, Austin, all these places are attracting people, but they're just booming when it comes to real estate. And so it's like, you've, you've kind of missed the bubble already. And so uh, now you're getting, you're paying premiums to, to live that trendy life in a different location. So it's, you know, I think there was an article that was written, I don't know, probably late last year talking about how like 2 million people left the Bay area for the Austin area. That's great. But you know what that's going to do is going to drive prices up into Austin. And then someone like us who were sitting here talking about, hey, maybe you buy a, you know, a complex in, in Austin and you can rent it out and do all that stuff. You got South by Southwest. You have the school. You have all these things. There's a lot of opportunities to make a good investment property there. You can piss that goodbye now because if, if you weren't in on it before, you've missed that boat. So, yeah. Well, Austin's run up a lot. Like I said, I've looked for clients in many areas out of state. And when I've looked at Austin, I see the returns being the same as Southern California and specifically Austin, a good location, Austin, good location, Southern California, you know, and it's like, well, I mean, the cash flow is going to be the same. I mean, where do you want to own? Yeah. But then it comes down to state tax, right? Like that's a huge, huge factor to a lot of people in so many different industries, but yeah, but it, in, if you own, if you live in California, it doesn't matter where you own the property. Right. You're, you're paying the California state tax. Yeah, but if you if you move to Texas and you do that. Right, well, if you move to Texas, that's a big consideration. Right. And that's, you know, that's going to be an interesting thing too. Like, you know, it's this is not administration driven, but pretty sure California's state tax is going up already one of the highest, if not the highest in the country, ranging from 9.3 to 13.3%, depending on how much you make. If that goes up to 15, 16, 17%, you got federal taxes 37 to 40, you know, possibly even higher. You're talking like a 60% federal and state tax bracket plus Social Security plus Medicare plus the extra Medicare. Like, you know, you're in a 70 plus percent tax bracket. And it's like, how are you supposed to make a living? Just take the UBI. <laughs> so I mean, where do you think uh i mean where do you think uh, federal taxes are going i, I you know i think with biden, besides, besides up up is not the right answer you have to tell me a, a real answer <laughs> <laughs> but I, you know when you look at it before like right obama uh left it at 39.6 trump came in and brought it down to 37 as the, the max so big number and you know I, some people are happy to pay it some people are not um, but I, it's not a you know the it, the the issue is I guess in my opinion it's it's not adjusted for um you know location right so like 
it's not adjusted for what you got to pay. I mean, if you, if you talk about what's a middle-class, you know, salary or family in California, it's not the same as what's a middle-class in the Midwest. Right. So, but they're, but, but theoretically the, the middle-class in the Midwest is paying a lot lower tax bracket than the middle-class in California. But what do you have to do to say earn $500,000 in middle America versus what do you have to do to earn $500,000 in California? Probably more more similar of a job than what you what you would be paying taxes in. But are there that many opportunities? No, maybe not. But in the range of salaries, and you know, there's probably a proportionate amount of opportunities versus the tax you the difference in tax bracket you would have to pay. So there's, I just think there's no change in like according to where you live, and then plus you add the state taxes, right? Like no one likes paying those, the Fed plus the California state, right. like it's a you know big number, right? Well, that's why I said legalized gambling, legalized cannabis, that helps offset some of the budget, the deficit. Right. That's that's my and, opinion. I'm not I'm not opposed. Like you know, the other thing I always say is like, hey, the more taxes I'm paying, probably the better off I'm doing. Yeah. Right, like I, I should, I mean, you should be happy to pay a lot of tax, um, but I, I don't want to pay, you know, tax for more than you stuff. Yeah, more than I should be paying for to subsidize people that aren't working hard. Right, right. Where you so, hear loopholes and you see, you know, people release tax returns and you're like, how, how the fuck did that happen? Who did that? Like, how is that possible? And then it's like, okay, am I doing this right? Am I doing it wrong? And, and, you know, if you're doing it wrong, how do you make it right? But, you know, I guess you have to have a certain amount of income to really take advantage of some of these opportunities that are given within the tax law. But someone like you and me, you know, we're kind of stuck with what we got. Like, well, no, really all you need to do is go buy, buy real estate and you can uh, be negating your taxes yeah you can be cash flow positive with a net loss every single year fantastic but you got a bankroll to buy real estate too right right there's a very large variant tree so yeah i mean that's that's another driving factor of i'm sure we'll have another real estate podcast you know that's another driving factor of real estate there's so many driving factors to that right now and i i mean i think taxes are going up for sure there's no way around it my hope is is just that you know Tax going up is not the end of the world, right? A, administration puts taxes up, and then you know leave the capital gains where they're at. You gotta you gotta spur investment, right? And that's where I think that really comes to an issue is like, don't inhibit people's investment, right? If if you don't do capital gains, I mean the market's gonna fly up and down because there's no reason to hold anything, right? right? For some for some people, for some long term people. And then if you, you know, you also can't be putting in ridiculous policies like taxing people on their, on their wealth, right? Double taxation for what they've already earned. One, and what's another interesting thing I was reading about it today, but it's like what they're calling the Amazon tax, right? Where the administration wants to tax companies that are making over $100 million or whatever that number is. So they're saying, okay, if, if they're going to charge Amazon tax, taxes, which at this point, Amazon is not paying very much in the way of taxes, corporate taxes. How is Amazon going to pass those corporate taxes onto its customers? What's getting jacked up, right? Is Prime subscription going to be more? 
Are you paying a handling fee? Like how, you know, how's that going to happen? And so once again, okay, we're going to tax these big corporations and get extra money up top. Well, then the consumer that's using Amazon is also going to be paying more because what the government's paying to Amazon. Yeah, you're right. I think that's what's lost on a lot of people is that if you tax corporations like, oh, Amazon makes too much money. Okay, great. Like, you know, that they're trying to do business. But if you want to tax them, do you think they're going to make less money? No, they're not going to make less money. So it's just going to be cost of goods and passed along to you. Right. I mean, even looking at Uber, right? Like Uber, Uber Eats, like they now they have they have a service fee. They have a the, lot of fees. The extra, they got the delivery fee. They got the extra fee. You know, they got the, the class B fee. They got the driver fee. They got the... And the not included in any of that. <laughs> yeah. And then they got the tip, right? You're like, what? what is all this stuff? Like, what am I doing here? But, you know, I, I use it a lot. It's yeah. convenience. It's, um, you know, you, you stay home, you're staying away, you know, staying out of restaurants. and But it just adds up. And so, yeah, that's absolutely being passed on to me as the consumer. Right. And I'm okay with that. But I but I understand it because I look at them like, wow, what, look at where these costs are coming from. Well, that's, I mean, it's, it's the time value of money, right? What is it going to cost you to go down the street, sit in the in and out drive through for 30 minutes or have in and out delivered to you in a half hour? Like, I'll pay the $4 for somebody to bring it to me because I value my time more. And I think my 30 minutes is worth more than $4. Yeah. It's it's all time value of money. Yeah, but it but it, you know you look at it like it's definitely getting added up too though because it does you know, for sure. You do a lot of those, but at the same time, like it's great to have the groceries come to our front door and not have to do anything. Uh, you know, it's great to have the meals come, and you know it, it makes it easy. I'm, you know, we're not going out, we're not doing all this stuff, so uh, you know it's it's a convenience factor, and I think the convenience factor is well worth it. And if you get into one of their loyalty programs or you pay the $30 for unlimited deliveries or whatever it is, that's money well spent. You're saving if you use it. Yeah, no, no, give me that. Well, all right, let me, let me ask you this. And so getting to, you know, there's a lot of tech, a lot of tech advances going on. You got, you know, drop off at your door, groceries at your door. What's your biggest tech prediction? Tech advancement for 2021. Tech advancement. Yeah, like are we going to have uh, drones dropping off packages, or are we going to be? I mean, that you know, kind of exists. I don't think it's really SpaceX going. Is SpaceX going live? Are you are you getting a ticket on? You know, the next flight to space. I mean, what else? What else is there? I'm riding Elon. Whatever he's got going on, I'm I'm all for it. Here we are. I think you know we're almost late January. I think in the next couple of weeks there's going to be new uh, new redesigns for the Model S and Model X. So you got Tesla going there, right? SpaceX still going crazy. He's got the Boring Company that's doing all this stuff. So wherever he, because he might be the wealth world's wealthiest person today or may not be depending on what stock's going on but he's got a mission to make the world a better place not everybody that's in his position of wealth has that same drive and so he wants to put people on mars he wants to do all these things i'm all for it it might be batshit crazy and it might never happen but i i'm gonna watch it <laughs> you know I, i'll be an adopter 
of it. I might not be the first adopter, but I'll be an early adopter of some of the stuff uh, and roll with it. And obviously, you know, if it costs a gazillion dollars to fly up to space, we may have to double think about that one and figure out how to make it work. But, you know, some of the stuff that, that he's associated with, I think it's there, you know, forever. There's been talk about high speed rails going from LA to Vegas, right? A 30 year plan. Elon's like, I'm getting people to the moon in five years. Like, what the fuck is is California talking to or the government? You know, why can't they make shit happen? But here, this guy is just like, I'm gonna put my money where my mouth is. I'm gonna make stuff happen. <laughs> well, I mean, I'll probably be uh, behind you on the on the trip to the moon or to Mars. <laughs> but uh, I mean, hey, I'm I, I'm really excited about all, all the tech advances. You know, you, you got all these. Uh, these EV companies, these battery companies. And, and I think that's, again, part of the thematics of 2021. You got their, the administration is pushing like electric vehicles and, you know, you have, you have one, you like it. I mean, it is, it's definitely the future. Um, I, you know, I'd much rather see like a system to unplug the freeways than worry about electric versus gas, but, um, yeah. you know, we'll take, we'll make do with what we got. I'm almost ready for a new EV upgrade. Um, but yeah, it'll be interesting this year to kind of see what happens with, with EVs. Uh, you know, I just saw an article on Monday or Tuesday that Rolls-Royce is coming out with an electric vehicle and they had a concept drawing of it and it was god-awful. But that's Rolls-Royce for you. It, so It didn't look like a Rolls-Royce? Uh, it did. It definitely did. But it oh. was like crazy. It just, yeah, a little unheard of. Um, but, you know, these companies, right, like we've been talking about the Porsche Taycan a lot lately. Porsche has made a beautiful car. Elon, you know, they've caught up to what Tesla is. So now how is Tesla going to take it to the next level? That's why I think this redesign is going to be important. You got the Cybertruck coming out at the end of the year. That's probably actually what I'm most excited about, Chris, is getting my reservation on my Cybertruck and, on the and, Cybertruck? and having that come through. I'm super excited about that. You're um, going to drive one of those? For sure. I think it's just going to be unique and different. And, uh, and I, you know, I signed up for the tri-motor one with the 500 mile range. Like it's like the perfect family car. You just throw everything in it. <laughs> Who gives a shit? Like got such good range. I can drive it out of San I thought it has the, doesn't it have the ATV in the back? You can do that. Oh, but you're not going to have it. Um, well, you know, who knows? Maybe if I get my ranch house here, yeah, sure. Why not? Just loaded them all up and, and go for it. Um, but I think the Rivian's coming out later this year, if not early next year, uh, Range Rovers are coming out with an electric car. Um, you know, a lot of these cars, this is the year. The, the Mustang Mach-E dropped at the beginning of 2021. I've yet to see one on the road. I haven't really been out on the road, but I'm not a huge fan of what it looks like. Um, but all these guys are in the game. And so... Well, what's the what's the benefit of the electric car? I mean, did it save you from driving on all the miles you drove this year? Or sorry, in 2020? In 2020? Yeah, did it really help all your mileage? No. <laughs> but my my four thousand miles I drove sitting sitting at home didn't yeah. do anything right right um but I will say that the maintenance on an EV is different than a combustion engine so like you, if your car didn't really drive that's meant to be driven you go start it up or you got to leave it on a battery tender or whatever because you're not starting it up regularly or it's not getting the, the wear and tear that it needs you're going to run into some more engine problems because that's not the way that it was trained um. But and you think an electric vehicle is trained differently? Yeah, because the, there's so much background on electric vehicles. 
but it's all it's like a, a computer could you leave your computer off for three months turn it back on and it's still okay no not not some of the computers i've had <laughs> a new computer you, oh sure you, you bring it home let it sit like, for three months you turn it back on as long as it's charged you're good to go right my car is getting updates every time I go into my car, which is probably once every two weeks at at a minimum. There's a new update, something to download, and so just downloading shit. And I'm not really driving it; I'm not getting the, the you know the the advantage of it. But it's downloading, it's upgrading. So as soon as I'm ready to drive, it's got the latest and the greatest in it. We're gonna have to throw in a Tesla episode. I'm gonna be the Tesla skeptic. <laughs> On, on and then I might not have a Tesla. I'm not a, I'm not a hater. I, I really do like this. The Tesla cars, they are pretty sweet. But, the you know, there are some, I have some questions. But, hey, what, the, the reason that I got it was, one, first and foremost, I got a carpool sticker. So I didn't have to send as much traffic. Saved me 15 minutes to Which, and from. How much traffic did you send in last year? Still a good amount. Up oh, until I, didn't March 15th. Any, I didn't send any in my Yukon. Up until March 15th. Um, but, okay, I've had a Tesla for five years, right? So it's not like 2020 yeah. is like the deciding factor. It's, I had this no, before. I know. But 15 minutes each way to work, that's 30 minutes a day. That's 30 more minutes at home with my family. It's 30 minutes of less stressful driving. Like, it added up. And so it's was like, all right, that's a no-brainer for me. The cost of the, you know, the the HOV sticker was what, like 20 bucks? Okay, yeah, I might be paying a little bit more for my car lease. But beyond that, it was like, okay, that's it. That's a huge game saver. And then, okay, then you can talk about being green and all that kind of stuff. And there's a whole debate about it. I still think it is more advantageous and better for the environment than a normal car. But I don't think it's as wide as what most people say it is. Right. Well, I mean, that's kind of what we tie back into with all the EV stuff, right? Like on the stock side and, and we're always talking investments in stocks. Like this administration is pushing climate change and electronic vehicles and everything in of that nature, battery, you know, battery powered. So I do think there's a bunch of potential EV plays and um, battery plays that are going to be pretty interesting in the, in the stock market. Well, you know, I guess we the question MP and GM and desk, you know, desktop metal, like those are, those have already kind of really took taken off. And then you got like, uh, I mean, other things, obviously Tesla's flying, but all those things are really just moving quickly. And it's a matter of like, okay, well, is that really going to be a long-term solution i mean right now we're happy to ride the wave uh, yeah but it's, it's battery right right now the name of the game is batteries they're putting rare earth elements in batteries if they're called rare earth elements rare to me means there's a finite number of resources right how long is that going to last right there was before the electric vehicle boom there was the hydrogen vehicle why because there's so much hydrogen we're going to be able to take care of that have you seen the Toyota hydrogen car? It didn't go anywhere, right? Like gas fluctuates with the price of oil on a barrel. And is it, you know, the Middle East controlling it? Is the US controlling it? Is it Russia? Who's controlling the oil? And so you have all these different factors, whereas, you know, electric car, 
the batteries are the name of the game right now, and I'm sure it's going to take it to the next level too. And there's going to be some other way to, to yeah. So what happens when the battery, like you said, the battery, the rear earth metal, there's no more of that for the battery, then no more of that car. Car is done. For that, I guess I don't know. There's going to be the next best thing. You know, there's going to be something that you know somebody's going to man make something that's just going to ultimately be the the game changer, but. I'm not a science person. I don't, I, it's above my pay grade. Um, <laughs> so, too. I, you know, I think at some point there's going to be something that's bigger and better. That's usually how it is. Uh, and it's, you know, it's going to take another Elon Musk to come and say, all right, this is how we're doing it. Um, but it's so like, you're you know, riding, you're riding Elon all the way. Oh yeah, for sure. Put him on Rogan again too. let him smoke some more weed. It'll be good. Uh, just run with it. But I think, like Tesla, like with, with the revamp, they're, they're years ahead of a lot of these com- companies when it comes to actually manufacturing and making the electric right. vehicles. And, you know, when hybrid be- vehicles first came out, like the Priuses and stuff, they were just hideous looking. Like Tesla made a pretty normal looking car. Like some people might have hated the design when it first came out, but I think it grew on a lot of people. And it was like, okay, this is cool. And, and you know, with the the, the acronyms for the, the three different cars so that it says sexy or the four different cars. Like, okay, cool. That's awesome. Cybertruck. It's unique. It's going to get people talking about Tesla again. Right. So he's built this, uh, inherent publicity and marketing into his brand. Then you got the, the, the semi truck that's coming out, right. You have the new roadster that's coming out. So you're going to be seeing, you know, long haul truckers with, with Tesla semi trucks. Like that's crazy. What about the Apple? electric the apple car so yeah right i have a friend who works at apple um forever we've been talking about the porsche taycan and and we both wanted one um and then as i'm sitting here seriously looking at taycans he texts me and he says i'm off the taycan not doing it i'm like what do you mean and he says i'm waiting for the apple car and i said and vance is like this too vance wants the apple car right but i'm like all right, so what why can you... The Apple Vance, why does Vance want the Apple Bar? He's just a naysayer and he's waiting. I think he's anti-Tesla. Yeah. Uh, but so so I said, what can you tell me about this Apple car that it can be public information? And he says, nothing. So it's like somebody who works for Apple and, and he doesn't work in any space that would have to deal with the manufacturing of a car. He's like on the marketing side for the ads. So... Um, but whatever information he knows or he's seen or he's heard uh, shifted his focus to say, hey, I'm off the Taycan and I'll just roll with the Apple car when it comes out. Well, they initially came out and said they were going to partner with Hyundai. Right. And then and then to, either today or yesterday, I saw they were going to partner with Kia, yeah. which Hyundai and Kia are the same, you know, sure. same company or same, yeah. call them the same model maker, right? But... I've been being on both of those companies for a while. Um, as far as car makes, I had a Kia for, I had a lease for three years. I had the Cadenza, which is like, I guess, comparable to the Genesis, high Genesis. Mm-hmm. Um, and Genesis, Genesis is a nice car. And the Cadenza nice car is like a larger sedan. Yeah. Um, you know, people were like, man, that's a nice car, but no one knew what it was, you know? Right. And like under the radar, but not, not expensive though. That's you the know, thing, like, like making nice cars affordable. 
right? Like and it was, people, it, was, it, was it drove super smooth. It was, I mean, it was, it was a larger sedan. So it wasn't like I had, you know, huge horsepower, but I wasn't, you know, it was a cruise, cruise around car. Yeah. Um, it, it was like a no. blind, blind test on a Genesis versus like, I don't know, a five series BMW or something, the A6. Like people would have a, a real hard time figuring out what's the difference between those two cars. Yeah. And it depends if, you know, if you're driving it for the pickup of the, you know, but if you're driving it to just have a nice ride and a comfortable, yeah. you know, ride, then those are, I mean, those are nice cars. And then if you get the Genesis, you go G80, you know, G90, then right. they have a G, just sport version. I mean, yeah, they, they got extra pickup too. Um, and I mean, to me, those are, those are really nice cars. Yeah, they, they've definitely changed the perception. And I think they've, they've created a market within a market that people only thought, Hey, it's like Honda Civics and Honda Accords and Camrys and Corollas. Like they broke that market and you see a lot more Kias and, and Hyundai's out on the streets now than I think you ever have before. Um, and so I, I, you know, I think that's cool to kind of flip the script. And so, uh, you know, I think a lot of these, um electric vehicle manufacturers are going to try and do the same thing they're breaking into a space that they're going to try and take over um and you know kind of see how it goes but like what california said by 2035 or 2030 whatever newsom said no more sale of of uh engine gas powered cars you can only buy new electric cars so um you know it's kind of the government forcing hands i remember you know like 10 years ago where it was like okay the government's enforcing you to have a backup camera in your car like they've kind of forced hands a little bit um obviously backup camera is much different than how the car is being run but it's like those things change the way that the auto industry is and and somebody who's stubborn and and says no they're going to be the blockbuster saying no to netflix or whatever it is like you're going to hear more of those stories where it's like oh what could have been and you know now we're going bankrupt because we didn't listen or we didn't want to adapt to what the world is changing. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I joke about it with you guys, but I said, hey, I'll just keep my Yukon. It's going to be a you know a rare vintage car, car vintage <laughs> car, and I'm going to and get plus gas is going to be cheap. So I'm not worried. You guys drive the electric, but my gas is cheap. Yeah, you but never know. You never know what's going to happen. I'm I'm not as worried about. I don't I don't view it as much for you know climate change. I mean, I think climate's a natural uh, change deal, right? Climate change is natural, and then I'm kind of more of the opinion that hey, let it be what it's going to be, and we'll go from there. We'll figure it out, um, and that we don't need to see some you know, regulation necessarily based on that. I mean, I'm all for the, the EVs and if it's price, if it's priced well, if it's favorable to the consumer, if the EVs are going to help you have a nicer car and it's going to be running better and, you know, more advantageous, but, you know, strictly for the climate is not my, my main concern. I guess the real, the real, um, the real deciding factor in all this is how, how these companies can make it affordable, right? When some of these cars first came out, it was not affordable at all. You've seen Tesla make a $35,000 bare bones model. Now, most 
Tesla threes and Ys aren't coming in at $35,000. They're more in the 50 or $60,000 range, but can the average consumer really walk away with a $35,000 or sub $35,000 car that's electric? And I think that the answer to that is yes. You might not have the range, you know, we're not talking like 30 to 60 mile, like Nisa, not, you know, like the, the, the volt and the bolt and all that kind of crap. Like, no, it's going to be a little bit more, but you might not get all the bells and whistles. So um, that'll be interesting to see who kind of comes in with that, the, the low, low end that really can get the average consumer into them. Um, Cause at this point there isn't one. Right. Yeah. And I'm, I'm all for, for seeing that. So, you know, I, I think the, some of these policies will lead to some innovation. I think, you know, you got the, like like we talked about the vehicle space, the EV space, climate change space, the best thing is a lot of hopefully technological innovation, which I'm a big proponent of. And then, you know, we'll have to see about the rest of it, how much innovation we're going to be allowed. And hopefully everybody can continue to improve and, and innovate. I mean, big tech will be interesting to see what happens there, but that's not necessarily innovation. No, they're going to continue to compete with each other and, and make things interesting. But I think, uh, you know, when you, when you try to compare, uh, you know, some of these big tech companies, how do they adapt? Where do they take it to the next level? And at the end of the day, you have to make it relatable to consumers. So some of these companies have gone on a tangent and, you know, make something that doesn't make sense to you and me or to the average consumer and they've lost their market. They spent a lot of money and it's just gone belly up. So it's getting, you know, I think it's understanding the market better and, and who the average people are going to be now in this, this post COVID world, this pandemic world. I don't think it's about the administration or whatever it is, but it's going to be how do people live their lives moving forward? And at this point, we don't know what that answer is. Only time's going to tell, but it's going to, you know, big, big companies, especially tech companies need to understand they've obviously had an advantage during these COVID times with some of the stuff they've been able to do, but how are things going to be moving forward? Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, on that note, you know, welcome to 2021 <laughs> and uh, thank you for listening to some of our thematics and we'd be interested to hear your opinions on what you guys think of what's going on in 2021 for all of the, uh, you know, sports, I guess we didn't cover too much sports. We can get into that again, but sports, finance, business, real estate, because it's a change for everybody. So we want to hear from everybody on, on your opinions and, and we'll catch you next time. Um, unrecruited podcast and at, uh, unrecruited pod on Twitter and, uh, unrecruited podcast on Instagram. So we'll catch you guys soon. Oh, sweet. I cashed. <laughs>